Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the Volleypod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good evening and welcome to the Volleypod. How are you this evening, Todd? Davis, I'm doing well. Tell me, uh, you got the beach season going. Yes, I'm so fired up. It's so fun. It is what so is fun. What is that? How many kids you have out there? So we have about 30 kids. Um, all have played before, which is wow. crazy to me. They've I mean, all played before. Yeah, and, and not necessarily all a ton, but a lot of them have played a ton, which is totally different from years past, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit about that um, in like the scenario, but beach volleyball is getting huge and uh, especially for the girls. And um, now you're going to so keep, you had 30 come out. Can you keep all 30? You got to cut? What, what's uh, we we can. It's kind of up in the air right now um, as far as what we're going to do. But I would like to try to keep as many as we possibly can. Right. That's Just, cool. You know, but we, we also have uh, it's a lean budget because it's not sponsored by the state yet. I mean, it's sanctioned, but it's not sponsored. So, like, they won't pay money for it. But it is a CIEF sport now. So it's headed that direction. And it's super, uh, it's super fun. Uh, props to Kelly Drobeck, who got the whole thing rolling out here and got it to be a CIF sport. She's just been on a mission. And it's, I'm just stoked to be a part of it. It's super yeah, cool. That's awesome. Well, and yeah. the, the cool thing is, hey, you have 30 players. And, hey, there's a lot of sand around. You set up another court. And exactly. some more kids playing. It's not like. You know, when you have a gym and, you know, you're limited by two or three courts or something. But exactly um, the cool thing about the beach is if you got a big enough beach. You just get a couple more courts and rock and roll. Exactly. Exactly. And we got a great episode for everyone today. Um, and you're on the skill. So what do we got going today? The skill. Yep. Uh, is a coaching skill. Okay. And I am titling this one Evolving from Ball Watching. Ooh, I like the title. So the idea and the rationale for this is beginning coaches, when you first go out and start coaching, you're watching the ball the whole time. And so you're watching every contact and, okay, the server needs to do this, the passer needs to do this, the setter needs to do this. So you're just kind of following the ball from contact to contact. Mm-hmm. And the advanced coach is taking his or her eyes off the ball and looking at a bunch of other stuff that's going on. Right. And it always reminds me about, I think Kessel did some Olympic study. Did you ever hear about this where they timed like an Olympic player on the men's team, like how much time this player actually spent touching the ball in the entire Olympic games? Oh, really? No. Yeah, and so like every time you touch the ball, it's like a fraction of a second, right? Right. So if you add all those up, it came to like, you know, 24 seconds or something of the hours and hours that they played volleyball. Right. So it's not the touches. Okay, well, there's this contact going on, but what is going on in all of those other hours of play? And it's not contacting the ball. So that's a kind of a cool way to look at it. And then finally, the third thing for rationale is that it's not just a coaching skill. It's teaching players to do this, too, 
is good for them and it can improve their IQ as well when they start to see the game a little differently. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. All right. So if you're going to start with this, let's say you're listening to the pod and you go, okay, well, I don't do this. How do I do it? It's all right. Well, here's how you do it. You start close to the net, uh, off to the side of the court, looking only at one side. So you can't see the ball coming from the other side. So that is, I think, the best way to start because you can't, you just can't see the ball. Right. Okay. It might come into your vision sometimes as you're watching that side of the court, but that's the best way to start. And when you start that, there's a bunch of stuff that you can start looking for. Uh, for me, especially with low levels, the first place to start is serve, receive, movement, and communication. Okay. And I can tell m- the most from miss serves. So if a ball is served out of bounds, what do the passers look like? Are they shuffling back to the sideline, in line? Are they just standing there and moving their neck? Good point. Yeah. Same thing when the ball served into the net and I'm looking at the passers. Have they moved into the line of the ball and communicated? Right. Okay. So those are things that all of a sudden, when you're not watching the ball and not going, oh, server's got to serve it over the net. All of a sudden now you go, okay, wait, wait a minute. We're working on this passing and, and the movement and communication that goes with serve receive, which of course is, is critical, especially for, for our younger teams. Right. Okay. Uh, the next one I think you're going to like this is setter presence and penetration into target. Yes. Both in serve, receive, and transition. So if you get your eyes on the setter, is he or she hanging out back there? Or if they're a back row setter or hanging out, you know, at right front and, and not getting into the target area and being having a, an athletic presence there. Well, and I would, and I would say this one too, like I've had like all my setters right now are getting into the target, but they're not gathering depth to go defend the pipe in zone one. Uh-huh. Right. So I, I find like one or the other, you know what I mean? So you can, but you right. can see that if you're looking right. Yep. And so, if you're yeah. saying, Hey, we got the, we're going to hit the pipe on one side and then we're just watching the setters. That's you can't see the ball that. Yep. It shows you there. Definitely. Uh, Attacker preparation and communication. Uh, Some specific things is, hey, what's your middle look like in serve receive? Is your that middle movement to get available to hit from, let's say, you know, row two. um, Mm -hmm. They get pinned on the sideline all the time. And what are they doing to get available there? You can see that whether the servant comes over or not. That's a great point. Yep. Definitely row three, you know, if they're on the other sideline. And, and so it's uh, what do they look like? Outside hitter and serve receive. If you want that outside hitter, if they don't pass, you know, kicking out to get ready to approach. Are they doing that or are they hanging out and ball watching themselves? Great point. Yeah, absolutely. Such good stuff. Uh, my favorite, of course, is attacker transition, finding the ball and getting off the net. And that's really where when I'm training middles now, I keep them with me on the net and we're just watching the middle on one side and saying, hey, if she doesn't find the ball and trans hard, just go take her place. And then she's just watching you. And is it a sprint? Are they turning and sprinting? And and so that's we're looking at that all the time. So that attacker transition, you can really take a look there and see, Okay, well, that's what's going on. 
um, because they just turn and kind of dance around. They're not transitioning. Yes. Good point. Next one, counter transition. We've talked about this before. The idea of after you hit, uh, are you becoming a blocker? And how long is that taking you to transition from offense to defense? And I, 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 can I jump in real quick? This is the one where my eye tends to drift. Like I, my eye tends to, we attack it and my eye tends to follow the ball. Right. But if you're looking at that one side of the net, you can't see where the ball goes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And that's why I like doing it this way. Yeah. Because it forces you, it, it doesn't allow you to watch the ball. Yeah. Good point. Uh, the movement from coverage to base. Yep. Uh, that movement and you can kind of highlight that as you're watching and go, wait a minute, such and such isn't really just kind of hanging out there in coverage and isn't moving back to base. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a big one for me for beginning teams, this next one, and that is free ball and down ball transition. Um, And I just think a lot of times it's just super sloppy. Okay. Meaning when I say sloppy, what do I define sloppy? That Defenders are still moving when the ball is being bumped over or down ball is being hit. That they're still moving backwards. Okay. And that the setter hasn't sprinted. If it's free ball, the setter hasn't sprinted to the target area. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's a good Uh, one. This next one I like a lot, which is uh, the idea of peeling for tips. And on a middle blocker who's late, we want that middle blocker uh, a lot of times if they get fooled, we'll just say, Hey, you're going to push four. if you get fooled on the backside and they set it behind you, let's say a five or a red or whatever you call the back set, <laughs> we're going to block one-on-one and you're going to get tips. I like you. And are they making that move to peel for tips? And if they're a blocker, let's say quick attack who isn't blocking, are they just standing on the net or are they aggressively peeling for tips? Uh, so that's something that we can watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, all the reading stuff. Are players moving in coordination? And you can see that when you're not watching the ball. You can see that. Are they moving? The, the best way to test that is to tell your setters, hey, I want you to set the ball outside the antenna. Uh, and that's the first way to start and watch your defense. Are they moving in coordination to now defend the places where the ball can be attacked i like it i like it i think that's yeah that's a good one because it's it's very obvious if they don't right right? and then the second one for me is okay we're gonna tip down the line and the outside hitter is gonna either lift tip line or deep tip to one or chop to one from left front and so now we want that middle back to be saying oh if right front releases for the tip then i have to go to the corner to get the ball that's hit down the line yes i love that coordination yeah and you can see that yeah so um and then the other thing i kind of like about this idea that you're not watching the ball is asking players what they see because Mm -hmm there's no necessarily wrong answer because you didn't see it. Right. Yeah. And you just go, Hey, I didn't see it. I don't know what happened. What did you see? And then did they all see the same thing? Are they queuing on, are they getting the same reading cues? Um, The first one for me, of course, is, uh, you know, depth of set. Right. On, off. Right. 
Yes. Okay. What can be gotcha. attacked, right? right. Uh, this one I know you'll love, off-blocker defense. Oh, man. Is the off-blocker stopped or moving backwards? Yes, and classic. And focusing on that where you're looking at that. Um, and then all defenders, the fighting to be balanced on contact. I'm probably getting out of being stopped, and I'm more into just being balanced. Okay. I like that, too. Moving I... backwards is in balance for me. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, you know, so, so that tw- I just kind of went through 12 things to look at if you're looking on that side of the net. But there are other places to go to watch. If I go to the opposite side of the net where I can just see my blockers, then I can see my blockers eyes and I can see are they ball watching? And are they finding attackers' routes if we send, let's say, middles on some different routes? Are Mm -hmm. they mirroring those routes as a middle, if that's our system? And then next, um, do we have their head movements? I like shakes, not nods. This is a new one for me. Okay. You know what I mean by that? Um, Your head's not bouncing up and down. It's looking side to side. Right. So we're okay. shaking our head or moving our eyes side to side. Our head can move, can shake, but they can't go up and down. I don't want their, you know, chin moving up and down to look up at the ball a lot. I see. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Seeing the player where the player's on the ground. Right? right. So, okay. I like that. That's cool. And then the last one would be behind the team. Okay. And this is one that is harder not to watch the ball. And the yes. ball, a lot of times, will distract you. Um, but for this, we have to do it. Hey, are blockers choosing good spots? Mm-hmm. Are defenders picking up the depth of the set? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all of the uh, the things that we can see when we, you know, stop watching the ball and start looking at our players. I love that. Can I can I add one more? Yeah, no. What do you got? And, and if you have the ability to do this, then maybe you don't have to do this as a person doesn't have to do this, but the the uh, net cam view, right where they're get are they blockers getting their hands forward across the net? Oh yeah, I think video is another one. We got to get into video at another time, I think, and make that a whole different subject. But but I mean, I'll just put a coach there and just look across the net on my side of the net oh yeah okay do they get over onto my side of the i net? love that yep yeah and i'll just position a coach over there so yep. that's just one but anyways pretty cool i love that and i like it such a great coaching skill and so rich so good rich. stuff good yeah. stuff what Absolutely. do we have uh scenario wise okay so for the scenario you know we just talked about i'm starting to coach beach and i love love both indoor and beach and I played both at a, you know, relatively high level. And I, um, I think this may seem like I'm leaning one way. Well, I don't know. Let's see what you think. The, the, the scenario is reasons to play beach volleyball and exclusively and reasons not to play beach volleyball exclusively as a high school player. Got it. Okay. And the reason this is coming up is, well, a number of reasons. A, we have this new high school sport, beach volleyball, but it literally runs right in the club season of beach volleyball. So you have to either choose club or choose school. Yeah. That's what I, that's, you know, in the old days, back in the old days, it used to be, you know, the, and once again, I think 
you know, as an old fogey, you know, who used to say, okay, well, the, all the clubs are going to have all their older kids practicing at night so they can go and play a high school sport and then come to their practice at night. Those days are over. Yeah. And it's really become much more of a, of a big venture and it's, it's good, right? It is good, but they, now you have to make some choices, right? right? And um, it's sort of forcing those choices to come a little sooner for some of the players. Yep. Right. And I think it's a really interesting topic to to explore. And it's definitely a different landscape than when I was young. And right. um, it's it's exciting. So you're on the cutting edge. So what's your take on this stuff? OK, so there's lots of reasons to play beach volleyball. OK, first of all, the lifestyle is Im- impeccable. Right. Being out on the beach. It's insane. Right. So we love it. Yeah. Um, the fitness. Right. You get to touch the ball often. Okay, these are all factors that do matter, right? Yep. Tanning, um, being at the beach. Um, now, with that said, though, it is shifting towards being more team based. So now, in college and in high school, ten players uh, participate and in the match, and there's fourteen on a team. Okay. And the reason I bring that up is that's different because the 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 perk for beach used to be no one decides who plays right you decide if you play or not because you the the common method would just go to tournaments right and just pick up a partner but now because clubs have become involved they're saying well you compete with us for this many events or for this and this is what you pay us for and we'll coach you and stuff like this now with that said the coach becomes more involved in the decision making and i don't I mean, I have, I think I have mixed feelings on that, right? It's um, it was one of the perks of, of beach volleyball, but now it's no longer. So I think that that's something, or maybe not no longer, but not as prominent. Let's just put the it The coach on. is less involved, though, on the beach. I mean, a lot of times, if, because games are happening at a bunch of different, you know, a couple courts, right? Not all, you know, maybe coaches aren't there all the time, right? True. That is absolutely true. And there and so, isn't a culture of the coach kind of stalking the sideline in beach. Absolutely. And so, yeah, to say it's the same level of coaching is absolutely not the case, right? So you get far less coaching in beach in some ways. Like, it's much more, you know, figuring it out on your own still. Which is cool, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe not as, not as complete as the old days. Exactly. But it's still, it's still less controlled and indoor. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it's becoming more of a team sport, which I think is actually kind of cool. Um, there are more and more teams, right? They're adding more and more colleges to the the uh, um, to the landscape. So I think that's really awesome. Um, it may be less expensive than indoor, and I say maybe because it depends on how you want to take it. It has gotten to the point with beach volleyball where you can play every single weekend essentially from january on basically um into the into august and uh kids are chasing these tournaments all around and um trying to be at the biggest best tournaments now i think that's awesome um it's not for everyone and that's why i say it may be less expensive than indoor indoor has a set season you don't really play out of that season and um indoor is pricey for sure um but now beach is actually becoming a little bit more pricey than it was before. Um, 
beach can be less damaging on your joints, right? Um, I know landing, obviously, especially on the knees, hips, and back, um, beach can be a lot more forgiving, right? And I feel like beach can be more of a life sport, right? Like you can't play indoor volleyball at a high level that long, right? It is just too wearing on your body and um, and also just too sort of explosive. It's just so much wear and tear in your well, body. Well, I think even more than that, there are probably fewer opportunities just because, hey, to play indoor, we need you know, 12. gyms are more expensive. You yeah. need 12 people or whatever. All and, position specific. Yeah. Right. And now, hey, you go out to the beach and, you know, hey, I live in Mission Beach and there are more courts set up here than ever before. People just come in and set up their own beach court and play and they I mean, it's it's crazy down here on the weekends. Oh, yeah. It's cool. So cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, with all these great things, it's become pushed back to where their sophomore year is the really big year of getting good. And their freshman year is sort of the introductory year or maybe even their eighth grade or seventh grade year is the introductory year into club. Right. So there, a lot of these kids are playing more club beach and I don't think that's bad. I think it's great. I love the clubs that, that we have here in San Diego. However, my take on it is that you should play both as long as possible. And I have some reasons. First of all, um, beach volleyball does not have as many scholarships as indoor. Like on D1 teams, they have six. Now, scholarships aren't everything for everyone. A lot of people just want to say, you know, well, they just either want to have the experience of playing volleyball yep. or they just want to go to that school. And if that's the case, then that's great. Um, but money is, is a factor for a lot of people, right? So on D1 indoor teams, they have 12 and essentially everyone gets a scholarship. Um, but that's not the case in Beach. And um, the other point, though, and this is probably my biggest point, Indoor, like you mentioned, is only available for a little while when you're in school for the most part. And so I think people should take that window and play indoor. Like beach is still there much later. in Okay, life. that's a kind of interesting way to look at it. All right. You got to take yeah. it when you got, can get it. Exactly. And I also feel like if you don't play both, and I was talking about, you know, playing beach exclusively, if you don't play both, I feel have seen players not be as explosive like still the best best athletes are playing indoor and there's reasons for that there's more money to be made after um so if you're a really top top athlete you can go make a good deal of money playing overseas um and in beach that number of people that can do that is such a smaller number yeah um and so i think that that's why it's still attracting the top athletes now that is starting to shift right and there are more opportunities um for women to play and i love that and i'm interested to see where that goes but at this point it's still indoor is still attracting the best best um athletes and uh the other reason that i'm gonna say uh Kids should not play beach exclusively. And I know this sounds terrible, but I, the wave essentially has crested in one, in one sense. Originally, there was this huge influx of teams 
um, playing beach on the college level. Like they, they added a bunch at once. And so there was like a lot of, lot of kids that could play. And now it's, they're adding schools, but it's much, much slower rate. They're still adding them, but the wave is sort of crested as far as the opportunity that is there. It's, it's become pretty tight. It's been really challenging to get into those programs. So, right. It was loose for a while. At the very beginning, there were a lot of kids getting opportunities who weren't necessarily elite um, you would yeah. look at him and say hey that's an elite beach volleyball player but hey schools need to fill out their spots and right uh, but now that that has changed yeah i agree with you yes now that goes hand in hand with attracting the best athletes so i i'm interested to see the way it all pans out i'm really stoked um oh and then i'm also i just wanted to mention the american pro league like i'm just super stoked we got a number of american pro leagues coming up yeah. for indoor and uh and there's lots of ways people can make money on the beach you know and it's not even about money you know but right it is something that people consider um so those are reasons to play beach and not to play beach i don't know if i came off as being on one side or the other i my take is to do both as long as you possibly can yeah i'll throw one one other thing out there and i think there's something to be said for hey you have um, you know and this might be changing i don't know because i'm not at uh you know i haven't really got into the high school beach uh i was coaching it when it was a club and it was pretty ragtag thing but you know, when you have an indoor high school and college team, you know, when you have matches, they're usually on campus. Right. People can check them out. There's right. a social thing. You're representing your school. Yes. And that I don't know if you're getting that same thing on the beach. And that's, that's just a, a little point. different vibe. Yeah. Um, I think and I think that applies to both college and, uh, you know, indoor I mean, I'm sorry, college and high school. And then the other thing is for, uh, you know, we're in San Diego. So, hey, the, the weather's nice just about all year round. and uh, You can get out to the beach. But if you're in Nebraska, and right. you know, does, does sand still have the same cachet Appeal. if you're indoor or if you're dealing with the, the elements all the time? So, but interesting topic. I like it. Yeah, great point. And um, I love both. I want to, I want that to be clear. So anyways, so you have some videos for your skill, right? Yeah. So once again, the skill of, of getting into uh, having coaches, not ball watch. The first one is a, a Russ Rose coverage thing. And I think Russ was the, the king of coverage. So it's good to always kind of review his coverage stuff. Mm-hmm. The second one is a cool one. Um, the, his old ex-assistant who is now a Notre Dame's coach, Salima Rockwell. And she's working with setters on uh, reading passes, overpasses, shanks. And then um, if an attacker plays the ball, what changes on their approach? So um, there's a bunch of reading there. And I know you like the setter stuff. And then the third one is a Jim Stone with Morgan Hentz reading off-speed attack. Oh, so so cool. Those are all three that kind of tackle some different – non-contact movements that you can observe when you're not ball watching right on super cool that's great resources you find those on the art of coaching that's awesome and you also wanted to point us to another resource which i treasure and i appreciate so much but they're your own books well hey we're talking uh we have a code now the volley pod code and 
uh, we want to use get that code out and hopefully uh, some of our listeners will use it on the site and it's you get 20% off a pre, uh, premium membership but also uh, four products there and I have a couple books yeah. the first one is coaching high school volleyball and that is more of a drill book and there are drills that can be used for three levels Really, a lower level would be a middle school, and then a mid-level would be a JV team, and then a high level would be a varsity team. And so it takes you through uh, changing those drills for the different levels. And then the second one is uh, a, uh, once again, kind of a tips book. And this is the, the later one that I did, and it's my, my favorite. It's called So You Want to Be a Great Volleyball Coach. 62 critical tips to take you from clueless to confident. Uh, <laughs> I like that. And so this is like, a, this is the bathroom reading. So just a bunch of little tips that I like. So you can kind of pull it out, you know, read it for five minutes, pick something up, go in the gym, use it, uh, come back and pick up something else. So those are the two books. Check them awesome. out on the AOC website. And what a great episode. I appreciate it, Todd. And we will see you on the next one. Thanks, Davis. It's all good. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.